Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you, 1233 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. It's the best pizza in the city, still making a great royal pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Edmonton and owned and operated now for over 50 years. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. And uh, you can visit royalpizza.ca uh, where they've got 13-plus uh, locations in Edmonton to serve you to uh, order online and for delivery as well. Without further ado, we are pleased to be joined on the line by Mark Spector. Hello, Speck. How you doing? Oh, pretty decent. Bobby, for a guy that... Where would we be right now? Would we be maybe near the end of the second round series? Uh, if, yeah. If we were in the playoff? <laughs> but maybe if we were lucky, it'd be like Edmonton, Vancouver. How about that? Oh, man. Mark Spector's our headliner today, brought to you by Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. Of course, uh, Spec brought to you all year long by the horses and horse racing in Alberta, like many other industries, currently in a pause like the National Hockey League. Mr. Spector, you brought it up. Where would we be right now? Uh Geez, and I was going to open up with a real softball for you, ask you whether or not you were, if you ever saw Grapes of Wrath uh, back in the day, the band of Grapes of Wrath, who had that song, All the Things I Wasn't, which we opened with today. No, I never saw Grapes of Wrath. Who, uh, who did you see at Dinwiddie or at the power plant? Do you remember any specific? Uh... Oh, boy, I remember seeing, yeah, the best band I ever saw at, uh, well, we called it the Sub Theater. I guess it was Dinwiddie, right? Yep. I saw Beevil. I saw Beevil at the sub theater one time. Oh yeah. When I was in like seventh grade or something like that. Yeah, my buddy's big brother took us to see Beevil when they were still pretty unheard of. Uh, I saw. I remember seeing Jeff Healy band in there one time, and it was a fabulous concert. And uh, remember an old, an old, uh, remember an old frat band, Bobby, when we were around school by the name of the Upangi Bottoms. You ever see oh, them yeah. play? I know, yeah, I know a guy that was in that band. Yeah, sure. I do too. I knew three or four of them, well, three of them. One of them, uh, so one of them may have them. a one of them may have a relative that's working currently now for the Oilers Entertainment Group. In fact, I'm pretty sure. Oh, he does. really? Yes. Well, yes, the other yes, ones. Uh, there's one of them's a lawyer down in Calgary. Todd Lee is his name. Yep. And uh, he was the front man, sort of the guitar player. We used to go to the old Zate House, and they were the house band in there. And I don't think we ever made a party that lasted that made it to midnight before the police showed up. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> we never got the party into the wee hours because the cops always broke them up first. <laughs> All right, uh, tech, you know what? We're going to have some fun with this right now because because uh, we need to have a little bit of fun. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, best band. You, you know, and I'm thinking smaller bands. So it maybe if you had, a, uh, you know, you went and saw somebody at the power plant or did what he back in the day. 
at the student union building, whatever. Uh, let it let it, let it rip. You know I, that would be. And obviously, there's but look, there's one of the things that happens with all the casinos in town, like the River Cree Resort Casino spec, is they bring in a lot of bands that were popular back in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, I saw the Cult. Um, about a year ago with a, a couple of yard apes and they're terrific guys uh and i was actually mark it was during the nbc the uh, nba final and i was it, and i i had my head buried in the phone for part of the uh part of the concert and a, and a couple of younger guys around me were giving me a hard time for updating but by the end of the game they wanted the scores too so uh the Upangi bought. There was remember SNFU. There was another one. Was oh yeah, SNFU. Oh yeah. Very See, popular. What about Junior Gone Wild. Remember that? Yeah. There you go. Let her up. Uh, there was pretty. Uh, this could be an interesting conversation. We'll see what people. Uh, there you go. Sweeney Texas. Todd, I believe, was a band from around these parts. Sweeney Todd. And were they not from up here somewhere? Uh, okay, there we go. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can let us know. Uh, best sort of nondescript, high profile. I mean, now is it, is it, I'm trying to recall. Did you two not come uh, early '80s into Edmonton as well before they really made it big with uh, you know the unforgettable fire in around '80. When was that? '84. Hey, you know what? I mean, the funny thing is, all those bands that came through. I mean, there's guys who saw Led Zeppelin at the old Kinsman Fieldhouse, right? Yeah, you know when they were first in North America, no one knew who the heck Led Zeppelin was. Uh, Jethro Tull, I believe, played the kid, the kids in Fieldhouse. You know, Mark, I saw did you just, Motorhead. Did we just in go from you to? Did we just go from you two to Led Zeppelin to uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jethro Tull, man? Yeah, I never saw Tull. I'd like to see that band. All right. Uh, well, what band? Uh, hey, by the way, so if we were playing. We'd be in the second round, Mark. It's kind of depressing. Uh, what I could have should have. This, by the way, is the uh, third anniversary of the Oilers jumping up in front 3 nothing against Anaheim and then having the, the Ducks come back. Uh, of course, Sekro was knocked out of the game with an injury. And a lot of people think the Oilers blew the game. And a lot of people think the Oilers weren't ready to win yet. Well, and, a lot of peop- and a lot of people think the Oilers got screwed on the 3-3 goal. And you know what? All three might be fair comments. Hey, listen, they're all fair. Like, you know, the overtime goal when Ryan Kessler is prying apart Cam Talbot's pads, right? That was the game tire. That was game tire. I'm sorry. Whatever. That was ridiculous. But, you know, I forget the number now. They're up 3 nothing with what? Was it four and a half minutes left? Uh, They got three goals in the final 316 of the game. Yeah. So it was a 3 nothing hockey game, was it not? It was 3 nothing for the Oilers, yeah, yes. so three and a bit left. I mean, you know what, Bob? I don't care what happens after that, right? It doesn't matter. Bad goal, bad ref, bad play. You give up the three goals in the last 316 of a playoff game and you walk away without a victory, there's only one place to go look, my friend, and that is straight in the mirror. Uh, that game was wrapped up. That game was sealed and delivered. They played 56 minutes of outstanding road hockey in the playoffs. And it all came apart. And, you know, yeah, you can blame the 3-3 goal on the refs and all of that. But, I, you know, I, that's, a, that's a hockey team that blew a hockey game. And uh, there's only, like I say, there's only one place to look there. It's right in the mirror. Again, Mark, the Oilers uh, lost three one-goal games in that series, two in overtime, and got zero even-strength goals from Lucic, Nugent Hopkins, Everly, and Pouliot. 
22 million dollars uh-huh. worth of players like you saw one of those four guys had to score an even strength goal in that series well, that's how you don't win that's how that right. you know one of those guys scores the fourth goal and maybe you win that game one of those guys pops an overtime goal you win the series sure sure you know that's how playoffs work you need it's all hands on deck man everybody doesn't produce every night but that's why they play seven game series because by the time it's over if more of my guys chipped in than your guys chipped in bob i win the series almost every time Paul has texted us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Sweeney Todd was from Vancouver. Brian Adams was actually their second singer. Uh, Sam Sam says, Bob, I saw the Thompson Twins at the Coliseum as a backup to the police. The Thompson Twins were amazing. Uh, Yes, they were, especially in the 2005 University Cup Final for the Alberta Golden Bears when Ben Thompson scored twice. Game tired, 30 seconds left. Game winner in OT. Shirley says, Bob, saw Billy Idol in the early days of Sub Theater. Up close and personal, clear view of his sneer. Uh, more texts coming in. Headstone, Sidetrack Cafe, Nickelback at both Rebar and Sidetrack. Uh, and uh, Jason always has a great way with words. Bob, I saw the Gene Jones Exotic Circus at the Yellowhead Inn in 1984. Ooh. The old <laughs> I he, Yellowhead. I think he's talking about something else. <laughs> Crazy. Uh I remember seeing I remember seeing George Thurgood at the Riv Rock Room one time, and that was so far before they should have been letting us into the Riv Rock Room to drink stubbies that it's not even funny. But uh, and what else? Who's that bar in the East End? Remember the old Bev Crest? They yeah. used to have all those hard, hard rock hair oh, bands yeah. going in there. Uh, Friend of Andy- mine played the band called Winter Kill, Bob. Winter Kill. <laughs> was that not a uh, was that not a, an episode of uh, Game of Thrones? Winter Kill? I'm not sure. Uh, here we go. Best small <laughs> show at Edmonton. Colin, John, Colin James played the Thunderdome on Argyle. The uh, air conditioning was broken. It was hot and loud, and Colin James was possessed. Really? I, I never really would have thought of him. Uh, he was good uh, live. Alda, the bus driver here, says, I saw Luba in the Dinwiddie Lounge. Luba, did she, did she have that song "Let It Go"? Is that who Luba was? Luba, I can't remember, man. Canton uh, Bonneville says, "I can't believe Specter just said what he did." So what Kessler did was okay by his opinion. That's brutal. Uh, there you go. Uh, Sam says, "Bob, it just goes to prove that in tight hockey games, the refs decide who wins the game." I'm not necessarily sold. Hey, Bob, uh, back That's to the band. Excuse right there. IMAX says, uh, "Northern Pikes." Dancing shoes, Mayfield in, and uh, this one comes in. Kiss played downstairs in the hotel on Jasper Avenue before they were big. I think the hotel was around 112th Street area. There you go. There's a you can keep that stuff coming. It's it's given us a, a trip down memory lane. It is 12:44 in Edmonton. We're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, Mark Spector is with us, and when we come back, uh, Mark talked about well. We should have maybe been in the second round of the playoffs. Are we going to get a chance to have a 2019-20 playoff? This is Oilers Now. Hi, I'm James Neal from Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 630 Chet. Got this text from uh, the old uh, war horse himself saying, Bob, don't, uh, don't forget when I took you and the late Jeff Henriksen to Fishbone at Dinwiddie. I think I lost some of my hearing that night. The lead singer jumped 20 feet into the dance floor to crowd surf 
And there was an, also a guy crowd surfing in a wheelchair at uh, Fishbone. Yes, I remember that event. Thank you very much, John. Uh, the Chisler says, add Alda Nova to that list of top. Uh, also saw Loverboy rolling through the Edmonton bar scenes in the 1980s. Cam out of Red Deer says, I saw Silk, a slick toxic at People's Pub on White as well as Quiet Riot, Age of Electric, Spengali, Big House, and Joe Rockhead in the Volunteer Fire Department there, too. Love People's Pub. And Sean has texted the show to say, Bob, how could you forget Luciano Pavarotti at the Coliseum? He rocked the joint, baby. That was for you, because I know you're a big Pavarotti fan back in the day. I grew up in an opera household. I love some. I love me a little bit of opera once in a while. Bobby, why not? There's there's a Canadian band uh, that had. Uh, I think they were from Hamilton, and their lead singer holds a note for about fifteen to eight eighteen seconds. Really. Yeah, it's a love song. The guy, the lead singer looked like Wayne Gretzky from like 1981, 82, 82, 83. <laughs> it gets used in all those sort of uh, shows that are geared towards, you know, 15, 16, 17. Year. I'm trying to remember the name of the song. Uh, someone will come up with it. It's an band awesome, out of Hamilton. Out of ha- I'm pretty sure they're out of the hammer. And the guy, uh, it, it's an impossible note to hit. I've tried it. Uh, how about... Sh- I just got it, Speck. It just Kathy from Edmonton has texted in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, Sheriff, when I'm with you. That is it. That's the the tail sheriff. end of that song. He holds his note for about as long as uh, in, a, in in what's considered you know a rock song, a, a non-opera song, as they're in. So wow. Well, maybe we can fire that up and use it for our out for this segment, Bob. I'm well, okay, let's it. see it. Yes, and, and thank, we've got multiple texts coming in on Sheriff when I'm with you. Seriously, the lead singer kind of has the exact same haircut as Gretzky did in like Sheriff. 1982. Sheriff. Brendan, if you can pull up Sheriff when I'm with you, uh, the tail end of the song, you can't, and don't do the live version, because they made him change his pitch in his voice on the live version. It has to be the uh, the cut from the album. There you go. Well, I don't know if there's a new sheriff in town because Speck was already talking about uh, cops early in this segment. Uh, Mark Spector joining us for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Bob Stauffer with you. Uh, Mark, there are a lot of hurdles. We know the league's sort of meeting right now and evaluating potential site locations, but this is not going to be easy, is it? No, uh, I think the biggest problem, Bob, as, as everyone's seeing here is it's, everything's a changing landscape. The goalposts move every three days. Like, you know, for instance, they're opening up in the states. There, some states are opening wide open. Some are opening very tentatively. But it, depending on where the, you know, statistics go with this virus, some will begin to close again a little bit. Some may snap 
shut completely if things go real sour. Uh, we don't. You know, it, it's impossible to plan when you'd have really no clue what the landscape's going to be like three months from now. So I have a feeling Gary Bettman's kind of buying some time here. Uh, and I know this, like they're okay with starting the playoffs here in September or October, if that's how it has to go. Yeah. Well, uh, I, and part, I got to tell you part, like, first of all, there has to be federal approval. And then there has to be provincial approval and state approval. Uh, provincial approval, obviously, Canada State and the, and the U.S. Like, there's there's a lot of hurdles to make this happen. And and then we hear the players, and the players are now they are fifty fifty partners in this mark, but there's and it's it's kind of interesting where some of the comments are coming from because sometimes they're coming from players that maybe are on teams that theory like you look at drew dowdy's comments and you go well drew's won an olympic gold medal actually he's won two uh he's won two stanley cups he's uh already got himself a contract extension his team is clearly out of it maybe we shouldn't be surprised that drew's not the most positive about returning to play well, okay, but I mean, you know, you can shape those, bend those comments. I think all day, all day. What gets me with? I mean, I think what I look at with a guy like Drew Doughty is he's made a lot of money in this league. He's guaranteed a whole bunch more. He he can basically not playing is going to cost individual players money, right? Escrow is going to go up next year. It's going to cost each guy tangible dollars if they don't get playoffs in here. The guys who have made lots and lots of money and have a whole bunch more coming, they look at two months quarantine and they go, ah, I'd rather just pay the bill instead of do go through this. But there's a bunch of young guys and there's guys who are maybe near the end of their career and they say, I don't want to spend that money. I'd rather play and get paid. So, you know, I think that's where the delineation comes, Bob. Just like with uh, guys when they were voting to, for the lockouts, remember how the, how the union voted down the middle, but the have players said, "Ah, oh, let's hold out," and a lot of the young guys or the old 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 guys were going, "Whoa, let's get back playing. I could use the final few checks here." Well, and don't think that there's not owners that have different perspectives too. Like there's some owners that don't have great TV deals that are probably sitting there saying, "I really don't want to play unless there's fans." Like you know, you know what I mean. Like I'm talking, yeah. Mark. Yep. I'm not – look, I mean, logic dictates that we're at no better than 50-50 to play moving forward, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> but, we're, again, if, if two months from now everything opens up wide, 50-50 turns into 90-10. So. Poss- possibly. But where I'm going to go with this is just as players have to – like, there, you know, some players have brought up family concerns, and that's legitimate. And you heard, I don't know if you heard Bill Daly Friday on the show – uh, but he point blank said that they would factor that into how they would structure sort of these four locations that they would use around the National Hockey League. But just as players have different perspectives, you might have some owners who have so much money coming in via TV that they could say, well, we can afford to start the 2021 season without fans. I don't think the guy in Carolina is thinking that way. I think he wants fans in his building. But if you're in Toronto and you have the Toronto TV money coming in from their regional TV package or the Rangers TV money coming in from their regional package, they, they look at things differently, and that's all part of this process. Oh, no question. You know, the the uh, listen, no one's making much. Like, it, it kills you if you don't have fans in. Uh, uh, 
you know, first of all, let's get one thing clear here. The Oilers don't even have a regional TV deal for next season, right? Their deal, with, their deal with Sportsnet is up, and generally it gets signed early in the new year, and it is not finalized yet. My place and your place have not announced any deal. So that's, a, that's one thing, and that's the same with the Calgary Flames. Um, the amount of money that a team like or Florida or, you know, a lot of the American cities make on their, on their regional TV deals, it's not much money, Bob. It's not much money. All right, Mark, so stay... Yeah, stay with us. It's 12.56. Uh, you can maybe take a step away. You can keep uh, up with us with us for another half hour? Uh, sure can, yep. Okay, well, go back to Mark at 105. I want to blast off. we got a ton of texts coming in. George, who uh, Mark and me used to play hockey with. The best show I saw was the summer of 97 at Sidetrack Cafe. The band was Wide Mouth Mason. Ryan says, Bob, uh, Kinsman Fieldhouse, uh, Manford Man and Kiss were part of a triple header, only $36. Really? Uh, Hoxley Workman, still a gem and one of my favorites at Dinwiddie. You should listen to his song, Warhol's Portrait of Gretzky. That one comes to us from Dan. Some deep stuff. Going back to 1977, Crowbar at the Nate Arena. More than a feeling closed the show. 20 minutes plus of absolute uh, chaos. Glenny has texted the show on our orders now uh, text line for Ashley Fine Floors. Bob, two different bands at the Beverly Crest, Streetheart and the Killer Dwarfs. Can you call it a uh, band, the Killer Dwarfs, anymore? I don't know. And circling back to Sheriff, Glenn, the retired bartender, says when Sheriff inevitably broke up, the lead singer formed a band called Elias. Uh, uh, yeah. Frozen Ghost, biggest uh, single. And the other band, two members form Frozen Ghost. There is a note right there. Thank you, Brendan S. Scott. From Sheriff, when I'm with you. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.